The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Second Stage. It's Brendan Anderson and Jeff Cadlick. Jeff, how you been? I've been doing good. You and I haven't seen a whole lot of each other. We've been kind of racing all over the place, and um, you've been at some conferences. I've been at some conferences. You've been out looking at new opportunities. I've been looking at new opportunities. Closing and, uh, uh, closing a new opportunity. That's uh, exciting. Correct. Last correct. Yeah. Pat ourselves on the back. Ouch. Yeah, that's uh, it's exciting to uh, uh, you know to. Uh, to team up with uh, with ex- with uh, motivated, excited, uh, energetic entrepreneurs, um, we uh, partnered recently with uh, in the last uh, ten days or so, fourteen days with a with a t- uh, group of wonderful uh, of people down in uh, Southern California that have a uh, a business that they've been able to transition from kind of a standard uh, VAR business, a value added reseller of telecommunication equipment to a uh, to a business that still does some of that, but also is a is a uh, provider of uh, Unified communication as a service uh, platform to uh, midsize and uh, some smaller businesses. So it's a, a neat story of uh, people that have really uh, bootstrapped it to uh, to a pretty neat uh, neat size business and has some uh, great growth plans. And that is our third investment of the year. So we're we're rolling and lots yeah. of great companies out there. It's great exciting. Job. Exciting place to be, Jeff. It's an exciting place to hang out with uh, with these with these motivated people. So that's uh, yeah, but we have been we have been putting uh, putting some miles on the old uh, on on the old uh, suitcases. Yeah, I'm shooting for platinum. I think I'm going to get there this year. Um, you Without know, ever we, leaving the United States, too. It's not like we're traveling very far when we travel. That, that's exactly right. But we now have investments in all time zones. That's very exciting. All U.S. time zones. Yes. Except is Hawaii different than the yeah Hawaii's different than um, I believe than it is. Okay. All right. So we're going to go with all of the 48 contiguous states time zones. We are. You know, before I move on and keep talking about time zones, which is a very <laughs> interesting topic here, I do want to uh, – wondering if you had any follow-up from our previous show with Rich Manders investing in the development of your people. Uh, and uh, if you recall, Rich is the founder and CEO of Third Eye Coaching, www.iiicoach.com. Have you talked to Rich since then, or do you have any insightful comments, Brendan? I have talked to Rich, and um, and you know the, the insightful comments are uh, – I know the, our audience, if they listen to the show, are not going to find this that very insightful, uh, but I think we just got to pound at home. Uh, people that invest in, in – uh, or companies, entrepreneurs, visionaries that invest in their people um, create uh, – 
create better companies. And, uh, you know, it just seems to be, uh, it just makes too much sense not to do it. And, and, you know, I just, I think I mentioned to you, Jeff, I just finished the book, uh, conscious capital, and it really is about investing in your, you know, your people, your suppliers, the all, you know, all the people that are invested in a, in a deal. And it just shows, you know, and <clears throat> for the average entrepreneur that the data, uh, continue, you know, consistently shows that when you make those investments in the people, uh, not only is it great for your people, but it's great for the uh, the shareholders and community and all the things that, uh, that 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 we care about. So, you know, God, how can you how can you argue with uh, what's good for everybody? It's almost I, like it's a, a topian society, utopian society. How awesome! You know what? That could be that it. is that is a big word for you. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm, sure I've ever heard you utter such an important yeah, word. As that I one. may have to Google that one to make sure I used it in a <laughs> in a close to proper right. manner. In the right context. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of uh, the right context here, we have a great show today with somebody that we know well. Um, his name is Mark Winters. He is an EOS implementer. Uh, he, uh, the show today is Visionary and Integrator. It takes both to grow a company. And uh, Visionary Integrator for our audiences. Uh, um, uh, knowledge are two terms that are used in uh, the system that we advocate with our partner companies called the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And essentially, the visionary would be a, more similar to a chairman or a CEO that is focused on a handful of large strategic levers that are going to propel the business forward. And the integrator is likens more to a president or a COO type person that is really running the business day to day, making sure that all the gears are oiled and working in uh, – um, in concert with each other. So uh, we're going to talk about those different roles because they are very important roles. And, and when we work with, uh, when Evolution works with these partner companies, it's very typical that the founder ultimately takes on more of a visionary role and we are bringing in what we call a professional manager and integrator to help the visionary, the founder, uh, run that business day to day. Uh, one of the challenges that these founders have is they get bogged down running the business and don't ever pick their head up and think about uh, creative things uh, uh, for the, for their business. So we're going to talk to a certified EOS implementer, Mark Winters, about that, and he's worked with some of our partner companies in the past. Um, I also, uh, Brendan, I want to uh, alert you to an article that uh, uh, yep that came in can, on the Wall can Street. You get it on can you get it on tape? <laughs> no, you actually have to read it. Oh, uh, darn. I okay. Know, I know. And it's a bummer. But but it actually talks about some of the same issues that we're seeing in the private equity market. And just to give folks in the uh, uh, in the stratosphere some feel for what we've been talking about, at least around here, I can't remember if we talked about it on the show, is the – we're seeing that the the market is a little bit out of control again, just like it was back in 2007. The multiples that are being paid today for uh, you know kind of I wouldn't say run of the mill companies, but good solid middle market companies is upwards of you know 12 uh, times multiple. What that means is 12 years of cash flow that's being gen the the, the cash flow that's being generated today. 
if you were to multiply that times 12 is what people are paying. And a typical hold period for a fund like us is five to seven years. Seven years is really long. We've never owned a business that long. And um, how are you going to make money on something like that where you pay 12 years worth of earnings and you're only going to hold it for seven? I mean, you're really expecting to use a lot of leverage. You're expecting to use, have a lot of growth, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Um, but anyway, getting back to this article, we're seeing the same thing uh, in the venture capital market. A uh, very well-regarded venture capitalist, a guy named Bill Gurley, uh, who was a part of Uber and Zillow and OpenTable and a couple other web startups, talks about how really everything across the board, valuations, terms, uh, the the willingness to continue to endure burn rates, which is losing money on a month to month basis, uh, are being uh, is really out of control, and he's very very concerned about the level of risk that is uh, occurring in the Silicon Valley, which is a risk driven place. So um, I would encourage everyone to read it in the Wall Street Journal. I think it originally came out. Um, in uh, September 15th of 2014, uh, by uh, Yori Ko and Rolf Winkler, where the article, uh, where the authors, and it's called "Venture Capitalist Sounds Alarm on Startup Investing: Silicon Valley Has Taken on Too Much Risk." Gurley says. So anyway, um, something to think about. It's getting pretty red hot out there, and uh, we ought to uh, be cognizant of it. Uh, when we're running our businesses, it's uh, the world goes in cycles. It seems to be at an absolute high right now. So, uh, um, you know, if you've got a got a company making four or five, six million of EBITDA with a great management team and recurring revenues and good profit margins, probably a good time to cons- you know consider some of those valuations. If you, uh, but it's never the wrong time to take a you know business and, and kind of start chasing some of those those dynamics, putting a plan together to uh, to build it. So. Hey, Jeff, I heard a rumor that uh, Mark's on hold, so we should uh, – I'm getting tired of listening to you talk. Yeah. I, you know what? I never get hearing, uh, tired of hearing my voice. But before I have Mark on, I very quickly want to give a little bit of his bio here. He's – again, the one problem with these really accomplished people is their bios are so darn long. Uh, mine's like one-tenth the length of his. So you know, what does that say about me? Anyway, I'm going to read this quickly, and then we're going to bring our guest on. Uh, Mark is a seasoned professional with over 25 years of entrepreneurial leadership experience. His companies have ranged from raw startups originally drawn up on a napkin to multi-billion dollar global enterprises such as Procter & Gamble and British Petroleum. Uh, Mark's passion is helping entrepreneurs get what they want from their business as a certified EOS implementer, which is the Entrepreneur Operating System. Uh, he's actively engaged in helping other entrepreneurs implement EOS in their own companies. Mark has been an entrepreneur since the age of 28 after catching the bug during B-School at the University of Chicago. At last count, he started bought and shut down or sold nine different companies. One of his ventures as a founder and CEO had a very successful exit, yielding 100 times cash return in less than 36 months. That's not bad, Jeff. That's that's pretty good. Uh, Pretty good. Um, All his activity has led to some recognition, including being named a tech titan finalist as emerging company CEO and identified as 40 under 40 by the Business Journal in both Milwaukee and Dallas. Um, 
and Vistage International recognized his CEO peer group chairing with the Rookie of the Year Award and their Chair Excellence Distinction. Mark is also a longtime member of EO, having served for multiple terms on the Dallas Chapter Board. So with that, we are going to take a break. Uh, of course, after I thank our sponsor, McGladry LLP, the leading provider of assurance, tax, and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people in 75 U.S. cities. With that, we're going to take a break here in the second stage and be back with our guest, Mark Winters. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance, tax, consulting. It's a sad fact that fraud is rampant in today's business environment. The headlines scream about once prestigious organizations falling victim to or crumbling due to the consequences of fraud. How do you keep fraud from affecting you and your business? Tune in to Fraud Talk with host Chris Marquet. Chris has over 30 years of fraud investigation experience, business intelligence, and is a renowned security consultant. Chris and his guests will inform you and help keep you from being the next statistic of fraud. Tune in Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the second stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson, and we're also here with our guest, Mark Winters, a certified EOS implementer, and uh, I was able to give some of your bio on the uh, first segment, Mark, and the only thing that aggravates me about people like you is that your bio is like 10 times longer than mine because you're so much more accomplished. Um, <laughs> but regardless, I'm, I'm glad you're on our show because I think we're going to learn a lot about a very important uh, relationship that we try to incorporate in our partner companies, and uh, you obviously work with work closely with one of them. Well, yeah, it's my pleasure to be on here with you guys. I really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to visit with you for a little bit. Yeah, no, I and, and Mark, um, Jeff, you mentioned in the beginning – Mark has a, a book coming out April fifteenth and uh, or April of two thousand fifteen. We're very excited about it, and and, and it's uh, something that when I started learning about EOS, it really resonated with me. Mark, maybe talk a little bit about you know what you know what what is what is what is a visionary? What is what do they typically look like? Yeah, so the visionary is going to be pretty familiar to uh, to all the folks that are involved in an entrepreneurial company, and it's really the person 
that is this idea engine. So they're coming up with ideas just all the time, and they're just it's like this endless stream of new ideas that are that are flowing out of them. They they have this unique ability to really see the future for whatever industry it is that they're involved in, and they can just see how things are going to play out, and they start to think about what the best place is to position their company to best take advantage of that future. Typically, they're also really gifted at managing uh, significant external relationships. Sometimes those are the big customers, and they, they may be play rainmaker kind of a role in that respect. Sometimes it's big partnerships or big vendor relationships, but they're really good at, at working with these big external relationships that have a have a key strategic impact. And they're also generally really good at solving a big complex problem. So uh, you know, kind of the high level stuff that that involves a lot of a lot of big concepts over a extended period of time. They're they're good at figuring out how those pieces fit together and, and unraveling the things that need to be unraveled. And then the other side of them is, uh, you know, details typically not so much their thing. And, and so that's where they, they tend to trip over themselves and kind of get in their own way. And so you see it in a, in a smaller entrepreneurial company where they, they have this spark of, 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 you know, innovation, this new idea, this creation that they come up with. And they've got all this energy they bring to, to kind of get it started and get it going. And then as it grows, as the company grows, it sort of bumps into this ceiling. It sort of hits this place where it starts to get stuck. And usually it's the result of that visionary wrestling with their, uh, you know, their inability or their, uh, dislike for dealing with all the details and all the little executional things that have to start happening and, and be taken care of to keep it moving along a, a certain path and, and, and grow it. Boy, I tell you, Jeff, we've never met anybody like that, have we? No, no, I don't know anybody, <laughs> anybody like that at all. Not even here at Evolution. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so I'll, I'll just say one more comment on that. So I'll be. You talk about how they're easy to recognize, right? And I'll be working with a team of, of entrepreneurs, and and I'll I'll be taking them through a point where we're trying to identify, you know, if they have a visionary on the team, and I'll sort of have them point all their fingers at the ceiling at the same time. And then ask them all at once to drop their arm after I describe the visionary and point at who in the room is the visionary. And almost without <laughs> fail, every single person in the room obviously points to exactly the same person. They all know who it is. So maybe now talk a little bit about in, 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 um, you know, what you guys describe in the book as an, in, an integrator and uh, what that person may look like, what their role is, and so forth. Right. Great. Yeah. So integrator is the term. That was really inspired by a talk that Michael Gerber put on years ago that Gina Wickman, my, my co-author for the book and, and creator of EOS, had picked up on. And what it speaks to is someone whose uh, unique ability is to, to work through and between all the different functional leaders of the organization and really help them harmoniously pull together and, and start to point in the same direction. They, they set occasions for the organization and, and really get them sort of, you know, pulling on the oars at the same tempo, pointed in the same direction, and really executionally focused in terms of, uh, you know, deadlines and keeping everything on track. Uh, they also have the ability to kind of swing in and help when someone who's a leader of a specific function will come up against some kind of an obstacle or a barrier, they can swing in there and work with them to figure out a way to, to get past that barrier. Sometimes it involves 
bringing in other resources. Sometimes it's just a, a, a kind of a creative problem-solving interaction. If they can jump in and help help knock those things down so each function individually can keep moving forward. And then another special thing they do is when uh, one function and another function hit one of those points where they just can't quite agree, and, and that, you know, be a big surprise that that does happen a lot when you get strong leaders in place for each of your functions. But, you know, you hit a place where sales says, oh, we've got to go this way. And the operations group says, no, no, we've got to go that way. And it just can't seem to work it out. The integrator can come in and they can hear all that stuff. They can, they can, you know, with the greater good of the company and the, and the long term in mind, they can hear what each group has to say and what their viewpoint is, put it all in the greater good mix. And, and, and ultimately make the decision and say, okay, hearing all this, thinking about the greater good, boom, this is the way we need to go, and call that shot so the organization doesn't have to be stuck. They can make a decision, and they can they can continue to move forward and make progress. Tell me how um, you know in, in the in the most of the companies you've seen, and I and I realize it probably doesn't always work out this way. Every once in a while, some companies will be blessed to have both a visionary and an integrator from the beginning. But typically, typically, how does it work? You know, the, for, through the growth of a company. How does it work? So, so that's a really interesting question because, uh, you know, it, it happens in a lot of different ways. And uh, you have a couple of rare situations where both of those parties are there in the beginning or from the beginning. And, and usually there's sort of a discovery process where at some point they realize, oh, you're this and I'm that. And they start to kind of figure out how to work together and how to make that, that relationship be, be really productive and, and work well. More often, you know, the visionary is present because they're the ones that started this thing. They're the ones that saw it. They're the ones that had the, the energy to kind of drive it off. And so they reach some kind of a, of a trigger point. And, and, you know, those triggers can take a lot of different, different, you know, forms. You know, sometimes it's a, it's a dramatic change in the growth trajectory of the firm. So they, they really want to do more and they're feeling that sense of, of, of being stuck and, and, and or it, or it takes off really fast because there was some kind of a catalyst that came in, and, and now they're frustrated because they don't know how to handle all that. Uh, sometimes it's just sort of a self-awareness when through conversation or watching somebody else, they realize that they're, uh, you know, they're, they're lacking a certain skill set or there's just this certain uh, set of more detail-oriented things that they're doing that, that don't work for them. You know, it's really, it drains their energy. They don't enjoy it. Uh, so they become aware of that. Sometimes it's just the, the buildup of frustration of, of being stuck, and so they can't get the company to the next level. And, and sometimes it's they, they just sort of uh, somehow run into their perfect match in terms of integrators. So they discover uh, this person who just is, a, is this really great complementary fit. Sometimes it's a life event, you know, they, they have kids, they get married, uh, you know, something, something big changes that changes their whole perspective and, and sends them off looking. Uh, sometimes as they, as they mature, their energy starts to, to tail off. So, you know, all the energy and fire they had coming out of the gate when they started the company, uh, it, it's not the same as it used to be. They don't want to work 60 hours a week. They don't want to do some of the things that they did early on. Uh, happily, and so any of those triggers can put them on this search or this quest to try and find their integrator complement. And then, you know, it's a matter of really going out into the world and finding the person that's going to be the right integrator for them. Uh, one of the interesting things about that is, and I'm sure you guys see it, is, you know, all visionaries aren't cut from the same pattern, right? 
some of them are very, very different, and they may be really strong in one area and, and weak in another. And, and another person who's just as visionary may be strong in the in the opposite area and, and, and not as strong in a different area. So uh, we like to think of this as a two-piece puzzle where you know the visionary's puzzle piece has a certain shape, and the search is how do you find the integrator that's really the perfect complement to fit into that, that puzzle. So it's just a perfect match. And what you're looking for is a fit where you have you have enough of everything you need to make that particular business go to the next level. You know, and, and we have something we call a visionary spectrum where you look at the amount of, of vision, the amount of really visionary energy that's required for a certain type of business. And you look at some of these businesses that are in a, in a market where there's just rapid change and, and, and uh, you know, tons of innovation going on all the time, tons of complexity in the marketplace. You know, think of some of your more technology-oriented uh, businesses. You know, in, in those businesses, you need a lot of visionary. So, so that, that visionary's profile is probably going to look a, a certain way. And you, you know, contrast that to a business that's much more stable, uh, you know, it's not growing as fast. It's just very well established. There's a lot less market complexity. Uh, you know, those, the, the visionary component that's required is, is quite different. And so, uh, you know, as a result, the, the integrator complement for them is, is going to look really different too. You know, Mark, this is Jeff. I, I, I'm not even sure that this is a good question, but that's where I'm, I excel at. Um, if I asked you, if I asked you, what would what do you, what does a company need more? Do they need more integrator or do they need more visionary? What would your answer be? Jeff, that may be the best question I've heard all day. Yeah, <laughs> I love to qualify and dumb it down and then just yeah. shoot yeah. above everybody's expectations. Mark's, Mark's just being nice. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's absolutely true. So, I mean, it, it, it really speaks to that. And, it's, and it totally depends on, on uh, you know, the situation of a specific business. Uh, you know, what's going on? What's the organizational complexity like? Uh, what's the market complexity like? What are they trying to do with this thing? And, and where's the gap? And so, you know, in some situations, there is a tremendous need for a ton of integrator and, and just enough visionary. In others, there's tremendous need for a ton of visionary and just enough integrator to kind of to kind of make it all happen. So it's it's really unique to each visionary. It's unique to each business. And you know, one of the interesting things that we found in the in the research for the book is, you know, we start we start looking at this, and the, and the really interesting thing to me was, it looks like the scarce resource in the world is these integrators. So, so about 5% of the population appears to have kind of the profile to be this, this visionary kind of a, kind of a person. And the integrator profile actually falls within that universe, uh, but it's only about 1% of the population. So you do simple math on that and it says, okay, wow. So for every four visionaries that are out there in the world that could benefit from an integrator, there's really only one that exists. And then you, 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 go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, let me ask you this question. I mean, you know, every, every executive has their ceiling uh, in terms of their capability and how far that they can take a business. And you look at somebody like a Bill Gates, let's say, 
they obviously created uh, you know an enormous business. Um, what percentage of would you consider him both a visionary and an integrator? And if so, uh, what per- I mean, I mean, is that like so extraordinary? They're kind of like the Michael Jordans of basketball. Yeah, so I would say that someone who who can do both is extremely rare. And, and so more common is the person who thinks they can do both. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, you've seen them, right? And, yeah, and so, all the time. And, and, I look at them every day. Yeah. And so, and so you, you, if you get that person in a real honest conversation, you start talking to them about, about what it is that they really enjoy doing, what they feel like they're really best at, they'll usually start to fall more on one side or the other. And, and the thing that's keeping them from going there and that's keeping them from putting more of their focus, it's usually something about trust or control or something. There's usually something else there. And, you know, in, in the early days, you know, we kind of suspected it was, it was this idea of letting go of control. But as we interviewed more and more visionaries, what we started to hear was, no, 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 I'm happy to let go. But every time I let go and I hand something off to somebody, they drop it and it breaks. And that was my stuff they broke. And so, you know, that, that doesn't feel good, right? And so they sort of built up this pattern of, of fear that every time they hand something off, something bad's going to happen to it. So they, they just don't hand that stuff off. And that's why it's really important that when you find that right person, uh, you know, somebody who, who really, you know, they get what it is you're trying to hand off. They want to do it. They have a, a, you know, a natural capability and capacity to make it happen at a high level. Then the visionary begins to be able to trust it. Okay, wow. This is cool. Uh, they actually can handle this for me, so I can relax about that and let it go and let them, let them take care of it. And the experience they start to have is, oh, wow, now I just get to have really cool ideas, and then I hand them off, and this other person actually makes them real, makes them happen. And that's really, really rewarding for the, for the visionary. It, it, it makes a lot of sense. I got to tell you, and then and Jeff, maybe we got to take a quick break. But we, um, this uh, company that we just invested in in Southern California, we went out and visited them and, and had a great conversation. They outlined their vision. But as 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 we're used to seeing, and you probably are too, the you know the person that outlines the vision does ninety nine point seven percent of the talking or more. Um, and uh, and I left two copies of the book and. I think I was out there on a Thursday, and on a Saturday morning, I, had a, I got a call from the integrator, who, you know, who the visionary hired about eighteen months ago, and they've just, he's just done a wonderful job building the. But he literally called. He said, "He says I started reading the book on Thursday. I couldn't put it down." He goes, "I'm just literally so excited to have some process to to to, to put the thought process in place. You know, to put a to put." Um, to put to put you know all the, these these concepts and thoughts and ideas that his visionary um, you know came up with in, in a you know in a in a in a manner that you know kind of focused the organization and it was you know when it when the concept is put out in front of the entrepreneurs it typically sings to uh, to both the integrator and the in the visionary so it's been it's been fun to put a put a term with the mental confusion or mental frustration of uh, of some of the people in these little companies absolutely I love it love to hear that. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, Mark, if you don't mind. And uh, when we get back, we're going to continue to talk about this relationship between the visionary and the integrator and really how they work together to uh, make good things happen to these small businesses. Uh, Thank you for tuning in to the second stage.
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Second Stage, to reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is our show, but it is a forum, so we're looking for input from you so that we can benefit from everyone's experience don't be shy. You can email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com or you can blog on our website at evolutioncp.com. We're back here with our guest, Mark Winters, who is really educating us on this relationship between the visionary and the integrator and how it takes both to grow a company. Hey, um, Mark, I was you know, I'm thinking about this great concept of, of defining a visionary and defining an integrator and realizing, you know, at least from where, where Jeff and I and, and you sit, you know, this makes a, a lot of sense. You know, I, let's talk about how, how, do we, how do we figure out the best way to get these people to work together and, uh, you know, maybe talk about how in the EOS process that, we, you know, we begin defining roles and so forth. So uh, we have a couple of concepts that we, we lay out called the five rules and the five tools. And you know, between the two of them, it really helps once somebody is sort of aware of, wow, okay, so there's this, this complementary person out there that, that if, if we can get together, it's going to be able to help us take the company to the next level. How do we do that? How do we make that relationship really work? And so, and we'll kind of walk you through first the uh, the five rules for how that relationship would would typically uh, work to make it most effective. The first one is it's just absolutely critical that we keep those two on the same page. So we have a, a particular construct we call a same page meeting and a certain rhythm for how we get those two talking and making sure that they're always synced up. You know, they're they're not on top of each other and getting in each other's way. But they're always in sync, and so they're able to focus on the, the areas of responsibility, the specific ones that they've delineated that they're going to cover, and trust that uh, it's going to be handled consistent with what they're what they're both thinking. So that's the first rule. 
The second rule is something we call no end runs. And this is something that I'm guessing you might have seen in a couple of organizations that you've, you've been around. But this is where whoever's at the top of the organization all of a sudden kind of swings down and starts either tampering somewhere a couple of management levels below them in the organization or someone lower in the organization will kind of swing up and go up and around and start, uh, you know, making their case or, or, you know, screaming really loud to somebody, you know, a couple of levels higher in the organization. We call those things an end run. And if you let that stuff go on, it can be really like, uh, you know, cutting your, cutting your mid-level managers off at the knees. And so we have this thing that we call the question. And what the question is, is if, uh, you know, as the visionary of the organization, somebody goes around your integrator, let's say, and comes to you and says, well, you know, so-and-so is doing this and doing that and whatever. Now, you might listen. You might coach them a little bit or whatever, but you're not going to take direction. You're not going to, you know, do anything that would really override the integrator. But what you are going to do at the end of listening is ask this question, which is, okay, are you going to tell them or am I? <laughs> and, and, and real quickly, it changes the frame for that whole conversation. And what you'll see is it'll it'll stop that stuff. It cuts off the air supply, and all of a sudden, you're not the complaint department for the whole company anymore. So that's the second of the five rules. The third one is the concept that the integrator is the tiebreaker. I talked about that one a little bit before. So I know you guys have talked about level 10 meetings on your show before. And mm-hmm. in a level 10 meeting, when it comes down to it, and, and the different functional leaders can't, can't necessarily agree, you know, we'll look to the integrator to make that call. And we trust that they're going to make the right call in the best interest of the greater good of the company. So that's a big rule for us. The fourth rule is the visionary's got to remember that when they're in that role, they're an employee working in the business. Uh, a lot of visionaries, also owners or partners, uh, you know, owners in some form of the organization. And so it's easy for them to get confused on which hat they're wearing at any given point in time. So, you know, they think, well, I can just throw the owner hat on and I can say anything I, can, if I want. I can do anything I want. And uh, that tends to sometimes cause a, a lot of disruption because it's like, okay, they're playing by completely different rules than everybody else is which, uh, you know, reduces the integrity of the whole, the whole game that we're playing together. So we teach them this concept of, of, you know, remembering which hat they have on at any given time. And the hat that they're wearing when they're playing visionary is the visionary hat. There's specific rules that they play by, specific things that they do, and they can't just, you know, trump everything by throwing down the owner card. And then the fifth rule we have is, is about maintaining mutual respect. It's just really, really important that the, you know, the visionary doesn't doesn't whip this integrator to death and and doesn't uh you know think of them as, as really their their lackey but thinks of them as their their partner in trying to figure out the best way to get things done and a great example of that is we talked earlier about how visionaries are this this fountainhead of, of ideas right great ideas are coming out all the time they might have 20 new ideas a week and you know what some of those ideas are absolutely breakthrough things that will take us to the moon. On the other hand, some of those ideas are absolutely insane and may drive the company right into the ground, right? And so one of the key functions that the integrator can play is they're kind of a filter for that. And so they need to be able to stand up to the visionary, be strong enough to do that, 
to kind of push back and go, hang on now, let's think about that idea in the context of our strategy and our vision for where we're trying to go and think about if that really makes sense and kind of filter some of that stuff out and protect the rest of the organization from what we call organizational whiplash, which is basically every time the visionary gets a new idea, they sort of yank the leash and the whole organization is kind of pulled in a whole brand new direction. Okay, so We've those, never those seen that, have we, Jeff? Rules. No. Those, those are great. Those are, and those are the five rules. So are the, are the tell me about, rules. yeah, and, and then you said five tools. Five tools, okay. So the first tool is what we call the accountability chart. And the accountability chart is a different way to think about the organizational structure that you put together. So it's a tool that's taught through EOS. So you guys are obviously familiar with it there. And one of the key things that comes out of that is you start to, to design this, the, the intentionally design the structure of your company is that's really the first time that we, we make visible that there are two seats on the bus, two separate seats on the bus, the visionary seat and the integrator seat. And a lot of times that's the first time that the visionary who's kind of been playing both of those starts to see, okay, wow, uh, I really am doing two completely different things. And they start to have this internal dialogue that says, which one of those do I like more? And it may be, uh, and we see it a lot, where out of the gate, they still sit in both of those seats. They still fill both of those roles. Uh, the thing that we try to drive home with our clients is, look, both of those functions, and we think of them as, as true functions, both of those functions are happening right now at some level. They may not be happening you know, very well, but, but they're happening. So let's make it visible what's going on there. And the reality is, Visionary, you're sitting in that integrator seat right now, and you're not doing as good a job as you could. And a lot of times we'll see a ton of energy come from the rest of the organization. And when the rest of the leadership team starts to become aware that that's a possibility, that there could be somebody else in that integrator seat who's really good at that, oh, my goodness, they start begging for the team to get a real integrator in that seat. So that's a really, really interesting dynamic. We see the energy come from both sides. The visionary realizes, wow, there's a world where I could just do the stuff I'm really great at and I enjoy. And the organization sees a world where they realize, wow, there's a world where somebody could really help us get things done and make things happen in a constructive, supportive way that's you know, consistent and steady and, and not quite as volatile as it tends to be when it comes from uh, you know, that visionary fountain, if you will. So that's the first tool, the accountability chart. Second tool is something we call the core questions. And that's really, you know, about getting clear on the direction that we're going, uh, the strategy and, and vision that we have for the organization. And so there's a couple of different questions that we try to answer in that. You know, the first one is really, what are your values? We try to get our arms around, around those. You guys are really familiar with core values from your, your work with the OS. We want to understand what the core focus is. So what's our greater purpose for being in business? You know, what's our big why and what's our business niche that we're going to pursue that we think we can be great at that's going to give us the best shot at fulfilling that core focus? Uh, you know, the third core question is what's our 10-year target to get that, that horizon mechanism, that stake in the ground out on the horizon so that it helps us point in the right direction and, and stay on track and inspires us to, to grow to reach it? Uh, the, you know, the fourth one is really about understanding, you know, our ideal customers and, and the, the messaging that's going to be most most appealing to them. And, uh, you know, the fifth question is really getting clear on what that picture looks like three years out. So we call that those five things the core questions. Uh, the third of the five tools is what we call the 90-day world. And that's about understanding that 
this 90-day rhythm that just sort of naturally exists. And if you'll focus the organization on that, you really, at 90 days, it's a long enough time period to get a lot of stuff done. You can get some big, meaningful things done. But it's short enough that if we bring the team back in and refocus them, uh, you know, around nine in these 90-day phases, we can keep them from getting frayed and starting to drift off. You know, as, as humans, we tend to do that. If we don't really reconnect strongly with something, uh, you know, for more than 90 days, we will tend to, to drift. So we, we have that rhythm as a tool. Uh, fourth tool is what we call the weekly level 10. So you guys have done a whole show on that. Uh, it's really about making sure that we're all spending our time pulsing as a leadership team each week. So we're on the same page. We're very focused on what the priorities are. And most importantly, we're spending a good chunk of time creatively problem solving the most impactful issues that we're facing as a business. And then the fifth tool is, is the scorecard. And the scorecard is another tool that gives us that weekly pulse, that weekly view of what's going on with our key measurables that's really valuable for issue spotting. It helps us spot things early on uh, that are that are big things that we need to wrestle with that we can then try to solve and address in that level 10 meeting. So those are the five tools. Love it. Yeah, I love it too. And uh, as we've always said on this show uh, and are starting to repeat ourselves quite a bit is that we really think this is a great system and uh, you've done great things with our other partner companies, Mark, and using this exact system and we appreciate it. Uh, we know you've got a busy day ahead of you, Mark, and uh, we've got to take a break here. So uh, we're going to have to have you back on the show and c- kind of continue to walk through all the elements of, of, of EOS. So we're going to pause again, uh, take a short break, and we'll be back to you to talk uh, about this uh, integrator visionary relationship and share some, co- some concluding thoughts about today's topic. So thanks for tuning in to the second stage. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network this is davis love the third Ryder cup captain and team mcgladry member mcgladry is about building relationships that's the kind of team i want to be a part of a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business the same attributes i look for and the partners i choose it's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, 
Call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick. I'm here with Brendan Anderson. We just had our guest, uh, Mark Winters, uh, EOS implementer, and it was really this visionary and integrator relationship and why it takes both to grow a company. Um, And I thought, Brendan, uh, he really – particularly with the second segment, I mean, he introduced the concept in the first segment, the second segment, he really gave a lot of actionable advice in terms of, you know, how you ought to use the tools, um, you know, to, to make this an effective relationship. I think it's fun, uh, Jeff, because we obviously have been through this, and and I think that uh, when when the concept of an integrator or visionary is originally introduced, people are, um, you know, I think people are nervous. People are, are worried they're going to get put in a box, or, or, or you know, or, or they're be limited. They're not, you know, or they're not going to have a say. And, you know, it, it's it, or they're going to lose power. I mean, who, you know, there's a thousand different things you and I have seen or, or experienced. And I think um, I think it's 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 just a great way to communicate and put and put people, uh, you know, put a common language out there that people use and they can now understand. And I think it's interesting because I think you and I struggled. I mean, put this just bring this home. I mean, I think you and I struggled to. Re- Originally, with the visionary integrator thing, and I think you and I are now uh, maybe slightly worried that we don't have a an, you know an integrator yet. You know that you and I are playing integrator roles that 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 we may not be gr- the best at for the long haul. And it's kind of it's been a fun uh, kind of introspection. Is there such a word as that? Is that uh, well, I made the comment to you the other day that uh, I can't wait for the day when I don't have anybody reporting to me. <laughs> I just kind of do my own yeah. thing. <laughs> I don't want to deal with. Staff, if you will, for lack, lack colleagues, I should say. Yeah. Well, I think the way you, I think the way you put it is, you know, you're, you know, and I think I think Mark did a great job. Is that you know, visionaries or people playing that role um, are still employees in the, of the organization, and I love the way he put that. And and we'll be, you know, and it's like everybody else. You and I have our things that we're accountable to the organization that they got to look at us. You know, they look at us in the eye and say, Brendan, did you get this done? Jeff, did you get this done? Yes or no. And and we've got to make sure we get those things done to, to, to be part of the organization. But, you know, there, I think you and I are are fearful uh, or we've come to the the realization that there may be people that are better. um, uh, Let's use the word integrators. I was going to say organizers of, you know, so forth. And I think that it's a, it's a weight off our shoulders, right? I mean, because I think that, 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 Although I and you know and I do love the fact that uh, since you've taken on a big chunk of the integrator role, especially on the fund ops side, um, you know it's you know you guys have pride in the fact that you guys are you know getting stuff done, doing stuff, even though that you're not necessarily dying to do it forever. And that's I think it's been an enlightening moment for our organization. Yeah, I, no, I agree. And you know, there 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 has to be an integrator as as. Uh, you know, again, depending on where the organization is, and I think our organization was at the point where you know we needed to really develop some things internally here to help advance our business forward and where we want to go. But you have your pet projects that you want to take on, and you don't have necessarily the time you want to do it because you do have some integrator responsibilities. I've got my pet projects that I want to take on that I can't do necessarily as often as I'd like because I've got some integrator responsibilities. But, um, you know, to your point, you know, this is an evolving thing. uh, And, 
it's it's a little bit of self-discovery like truly what are your interests are and what do you want to do and um, by by asking the tough questions uh, like EOS makes you to do it actually is a freeing experience um, you know for for the people here and frankly for the people that maybe shouldn't be here maybe that they're not tr if they really started thinking about it maybe they're not as happy uh, as they they have themselves believing that they are, and if they get themselves thinking about it, maybe going off and you know being a ski instructor or a sailing instructor or a pilot or something is better use of their time than being here at Evolution. Got to have passion and make you you know make it make or have the general belief that you're making an impact every day. And I think that I think the thing that that like when I think if you go and buy traction or you go and buy a game, get a grip and you read through it and you see that you know that there are these two distinct functions and I think a lot of entrepreneurs get scared that they're gonna um, you know one day wake up and they're no they're not going to be needed or they're you know they're, there's going to be a this person that you know that officially if they go hire an integrator they are the, the tiebreaker right I mean they're the people that have to make those tough decisions and um, I think that they you know people are worried about it but I think what you and I have found is that that there's that transition period you know while you're just Deciding, you know, what those pet projects are, what the things that you really think that can drive this business forward, you acknowledge that you're going to have to put some of that stuff on the on the on the back burner to make sure that this integrator thing gets done. And that, in its own right, the the understanding that those things have to get put on the back burner is a huge value add to the organization because you know a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs, visionaries, people that that really want to spend their time on those on those pet projects will spend their times on those things and let the the things that have to get done every day fall away and that will kill an organization and so it's it, it really is a it, it lets you work towards that day when you've got those things in the organization it doesn't happen yeah. day one yeah it certainly does not and it's an evolving process i don't think you can force it i think you have to get to that point and then you're you have a lot more clarity and then those decisions can be made and i'm anxious to read this book uh, mark's book he uh wrote and co-authored with uh, Gino Wickman. Uh, it's coming out April of 2015. The title is Rocket Fuel, the one essential combination that will get you more of what you want from your business. Uh, and I, I suspect that uh, all of this is covered in that book. Yeah, I, I haven't read the book, but I can't imagine it's not. And I think that, uh, you know, quite frankly, you got to read the other two, you know, at least at least um, well, I got to probably read the other two first because I think it, 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 hopefully it's a, it's a continuation of that. And um, you know, it's it's you know, hit me, Jeff, while we're sitting here talking. I mean, you know, as you know, I've gone through the the certification process for being um, an implementer, and um, uh, you just listen to people like you know Mark talk and Mark and, and Renee Bohr and some of these other people that we've been using, and you just realize. That these people live, die, and live and breathe this stuff. They don't die, but they live and breathe this stuff. And it's just, um, I encourage you know somebody that's listening out there, uh, read the book, understand the process. But uh, you, you know, it, it's the money that you invest in getting the advice from these people is uh, is, is is a time saver because they have they. You can just tell by listening to Mark that man, he knows so much more than than. Than I do after having read these books and done this stuff, so it's uh, it's impressive. And again, the books that you're talking about, talking about traction, which Gino Wickman wrote, which really describes uh, EOS at its base. And then the the next book you're reading is Get a Grip, yeah. right? Uh, also and, by Wickman and uh, Mike and Mike Pay uh, Payton. Right, right. And then now this this Rocket Fuel. Yep. Right. 
Right. So uh, anyway, obviously, we're drinking the Kool-Aid here at Evolution. Uh, if, if you're unsure, uh, spend, I think it's $14.99, pick up the traction book and read it, and uh, it will certainly give you a, a you know, great feel for it. But um, we're going to try to introduce more and more of these concepts in here. And by the way, we are not paid spokesmen. <laughs> for, yeah, right. We're not getting for, any money you know, for any of this. Yeah. We just use it. We've looked at a lot of different systems, and this system has worked well for us. It works for our partner companies, and uh, we're, we're buying what they're selling. Brendan, you have just a few seconds here to give me uh, just that, that moment of uh, creativity that I know you have and that visionary body of yours. Yeah, I've had too long of a week. Um, a visionary is uh, – I think it's – it's the visionary integrator combination that is that really drives the business. You don't have time to do it both, and uh, that's uh, uh, that's all I got, Jeff. I'm uh, that doesn't rhyme though. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it's sure. Are you sure it doesn't rhyme? Can't we just? Can't we? Isn't oh, it? There was a little yeah. echo during the conversation. Couldn't have. Couldn't we just pretend that rhymed? So. Well, the important thing here is that we have passion for possibilities, right? For the future, what your business can be, and not what it is today. We hope you've enjoyed today's show, The Second Stage, and join us again next Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, and we'll dive into some more uh, topics that hopefully will uh, allow you to think differently about your business and and, uh, follow best practices to create value. Thanks for tuning in to The Second Stage. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Second Stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. Music.